Welcome to the Holiness Talks podcast. Today is our first episode and we're happy that you are joining us. We'll be looking at the implications of the teaching on holiness on Christian life or Christian living in the 21st century. It's always very important to define what one is talking about. So in this podcast and probably the next one, we'll be spending some time to talk about holiness. What does it mean? We want to provide some definitions from the dictionary and from various walks of life and say, okay, what exactly does it mean? Now, the first thing we need to note is that when we talk about the subject of holiness, many words are used to describe either the process or the experience. For instance, we use the word purity. And of course, we use the word cleansing or to be clean. And not only that, the word holiness itself is used. And apart from that, an important word which you come across quite often in our conversation on holiness is the word sanctification. So today, I want to begin by defining what we mean by sanctification. So when we talk about sanctification, what does it mean? And you probably want to ask immediately, what is the difference between holiness and sanctification? Simply put, holiness is the result and sanctification is the process. We need to bear in mind the relationship between the two. So a sanctified life then means a holy life. We're sanctified to be made holy. In other words, sanctification means to be made holy. You know, there are two Latin words. One is sanctus, and then the other one is facere, which means to make, from which we get the word sanctification. And so basically it means to make holy. Now we need to bear in mind as we get into these conversations that we do not have the right to manipulate the meaning of words. In other words, we just can't make a word to mean what we want it to mean. So to a certain degree, we could say that words have an autonomy in terms of meaning which must not be infringed upon. You see, the meaning of the word sanctification, for instance, may be found just by consulting almost any reliable dictionary that is available. Let me give you a few examples. In the Webster's Dictionary, it defines the word sanctify as to make sacred or to make holy or to set apart to a holy or religious use to consecrate by appropriate rites to hallow. And then it goes on to say to make free from sin, to cleanse from moral corruption and pollution, to purify. And then he goes on to quote John chapter 17, verse 17. And he says, especially theologically, the act of God's grace by which the affections are purified or alienated from sin and the world and exalted to a supreme love for God. Now, it's quite interesting that this is not a theological dictionary. This is just an ordinary dictionary. 
that provides a definition of holiness or sanctification for us as to be made holy, and then to say, to make free from sin, to cleanse from moral pollution. And then it goes ahead to quote the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 17, where Jesus prayed for his disciples that the Lord, that the Father rather, should sanctify or make holy his disciples. Let me give you another definition from Century Dictionary. It says sanctify. It means to make holy or clean, either ceremonially or morally and spiritually, to purify from sin. And then it goes on to say as well, in theology, it is the act of God's grace by which human affections what in the dictionary says affections of men, so but I use the word human affections, are purified, and the soul is cleansed from sin and consecrated to God. And it makes this short statement is a conformity of the heart and life to the will of God. So when we're talking about holiness, we're talking about living a life that conforms to the will of God, that our hearts are purified. And if you look at the first dictionary, it gives another meaning to set apart. Is holiness to set apart? Yes, for a sacred use. But then you understand that it is not just being set apart for a sacred use. To be set apart for a sacred use, you have to be made fit for that sacred use. So there is a holiness that is necessary in order to be set apart for the work of God. And it's quite interesting that here, the Century Dictionary talks about the act of God's grace. And we need to say that right from the beginning. That as we look at this podcast, let's bear in mind, we're not going to be talking about holiness by struggling. We're not going to be talking about holiness by striving or trying. I understand that usually when the word holiness is mentioned, either in preaching or you're reading books, immediately our antennae go up. Because we start thinking of the word, oh yes, here comes another legalist who is going to tell us and prescribe to us what we should be doing, how we should live our lives. Now, that's not what this podcast is all about. This podcast is to just lay it out and see from the scriptures. And then you make up your mind. Because we're going to do our best to make sure that we don't go beyond the confines of the scriptures. And we want to lay it out for you to see that holiness is not something that one should be afraid of. Holiness is not something that one should run away from, but rather holiness is something that should be desired. It says the act of God's grace. In other words, it is not something that is to be obtained by works, not at all. It's not just by what you do, not at all. Or by growth. You don't grow into it. We don't grow into holiness. The scriptures do not present an idea or the notion, the slightest notion that we grow into holiness. Rather, it's a divine act. It is God walking in the hearts of men and women. And then, wait a minute. It talks about our affection. So, holiness affects us. It's affective. It's not only effective, it's affective. It has to do with our affections. What do we love? It changes us. In other words, this definition begins to show us that pardon from sin or from the guilt of sin is not identical 
or synonymous with cleansing. The two different things. Let me give you another dictionary, another dictionary definition. It says to sanctify, to make holy or sacred, to separate, to set apart, to appoint to a holy, sacred, or religious use. And then he goes on to say, number two, to purify in order to prepare for divine service and for partaking of holy things. And number three, to purify from sin, to make holy. That is, set apart, to purify. Remember at the beginning, I said we're going to be coming across a number of words. Sanctification, holiness, purity, cleansing. I mean, these are different words that the Bible uses and most of the times pointing to the same experiential reality. There are different metaphors that denote different aspects of the holy life, but they point to the same experiential reality. The person who is cleansed is the same person who is purified, is the same person who is sanctified, is the same person who is now holy, but there are different aspects. And we want to be exploring all those aspects. Now, my question then will be, if this is what holiness means, shouldn't every believer, shouldn't every Christian desire the experience? I mean, shouldn't everyone want to prepare for service? I think everybody should. The Universal Dictionary, at its own definition, it says to make holy or sacred, to consecrate, to dedicate, to consecrate, to make holy or godly, to purify from sin. I mean, you will see that there's a commonality between all these definitions. It talks about making holy or to purify from sin. And then it says to make holy or godly, to purify from sin. Now, when you talk about godliness, what exactly does it mean to be godly? I mean, when you talk about being Christ-like, being childlike, it means being like a child. To be godly means to be like God then. And I'm sure everybody would desire to be like that. I mean, we sing it all the time. More holiness give me, more sorrow for sin. Lord, I want to be more like you. How a person can claim to love God, who is the essence and embodiment of holiness, and then be averse or opposed or antagonistic to holiness and sanctification is a mystery. And I'm sure you agree with me. I mean, you want to be like God. I listened to a story just today. It was a story. I was listening to the radio and the preacher was telling a story of a small boy. The father was in the living room and this small boy, very small, I think a toddler, went to put on the father's shoe. And then as he was carrying that big shoe around, the father was wondering. And the father asked a question. So what are you trying to do? And the boy said, Dad, I want to walk in your shoes. And the dad, it hit the dad very hard. If this son wants to walk in my shoes, that means the Lord. And that set the father thinking. Every child, I mean, who has, a, who has the privilege of having good parents want to be like the parents. It's not something bad at all. Is it therefore bad if you and I want to be like God? Should we quarrel over that at all? I don't think so. Rather, it should be the desire and the yearning and the longing and the passion 
and the prayer of each and every one of us called by the name of the Lord. Now, so you find so many definitions in dictionary. The American Encyclopedia says to make holy or sacred, to consecrate or set apart, to purify from sin. And then it says technically, an operation of the Spirit of God on those who are already in Jesus. Wow! That's from an encyclopedia. And then it says, an operation of the Spirit of God on those who are already in Jesus. Those who are united to him by faith. Isn't this explicit enough? You see, there's an agreement. I mean, an operation. Isn't this simple? An operation of the Spirit of God on those who are already in Jesus. An experience for those who are believers already. That is something that God does subsequent to our knowing the Lord experientially. This is an experience that each believer should desire to have. And if we move away a little bit from the standard dictionaries and look at some of the confessions we have, the confessions of our faith, the Methodist Episcopal Catechism says it is the divine is the act of divine grace whereby we are made holy. The act of divine grace. You see, it is not an experience to be reached by growth, but by an act of divine grace. You know what we've seen so far? We've seen that holiness is not something that we struggle about. It's not something that we should be struggling about. Not at all. It is by divine grace. It is by the Spirit of God. It is not by just struggling. No, not at all. At the end of the day, it is by trusting the Lord. It is something we should all desire. The Westminster Confession of Faith says, They who are effectually called and regenerated, having a new heart and the new spirit created in them, are further sanctified, really and personally, through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection by his word and his spirit dwelling in them. That is very clear, is succinct, it is explicit. I mean, one can't miss this. He said, those who are effectually called are regenerated, which means this is something that is subsequent. When we're talking about holiness, he says, having a new heart and a new spirit created in them, they are further sanctified, really and personally. So we're not just talking about something that is, is ethereal, is, is a pie in the sky, something that is not within our reach. It is because it comes by the grace of God. Through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection by his word, and his spirit dwelling in them. Here again, it is recognized that sanctification is for, is for such as are effectually called and regenerated, and that is accomplished by the word of God, by the spirit of God. It doesn't come as a result of death. We don't wait till we get to somewhere in between called purgatory before we get holy. Now, these few definitions at least 
we encourage us to know that when we want to talk about holiness talks, we're talking about what does holiness mean. Of course, we're just beginning. We're just, we have not scratched the surface at all. We're going to be looking at these words, what do they mean? And what are the implications for us? But I want you to know, this is something God himself is interested in. This is something God has provided for. And please bear in mind, as we go on these talks, that God does not tell us to do what we cannot do. Listen to me, my dear listener. Whatever God commands, His Spirit makes possible. Whatever God commands, His Spirit makes possible. So, if God commands us to be holy, First Peter chapter 1, it tells us, Be ye holy, as I am holy. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2, be ye holy as I am holy. In Leviticus chapter 20 verse 7, be ye holy, I am holy. So if God has called us to be holy, we can rest assured that he has provided everything we would need for our holiness. I'm sure you want to be like him. I want to be like him. I want to live like him by his grace. You want to be like him, but listen. In our affections, purified affections, that is loving what God loves, hating only what God hates. Holiness gives us the capacity to love God the more and to love others the more. It is my hope, prayer and desire that as we continue these episodes on Holiness Talks, you will cultivate the desire, and you will pray for a longing for holiness. Listen, God is able to do it. This is what Holiness Talks podcast is all about. If you have any questions, we'll be glad to hear from you. If you have any clarifications, we'll be glad to hear from you. Just send us an email, holinesstalks at gmail.com. Do you hear from us again? God bless you.